blessing the Lord during all times, whether good times and bad times. That's a true test of a believer's faith, isn't it? And that's what we'll be talking about today in this lesson of Hope in the Psalms. So welcome to Broken Vessels Mended by God podcast. Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Ruth Douthit and I'm a teacher of God's Word and I welcome you. Today we're going to look deeper into the Psalms, beginning with Psalm 34 in the second lesson of Hope in the Psalms. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now in our last lesson we looked at Psalm 19 which covers general revelation and special revelation. In this lesson, we're going to look at how David had commanded his people to worship and adore God in all circumstances. So think about it. What does blessing the Lord look like to you? As usual, let's keep this passage of scripture in context. And we do that by asking the who, what, where, when, why, and how questions First, King David wrote this psalm while he was hiding for his life from the Philistines and King Saul. What? David went into hiding after he pretended to be insane before the Philistine king. He hid in the caves with his family and followers. And you can read about that in 2 Samuel 21. This is a poem praising God in all circumstances during that difficult time. Where? Well, it was probably in the caves of northern Israel. How? It was written as a poem. And why? David wrote this poem to praise and worship his God, a God that he loved. He wrote this poem to not only praise and worship God, but he also wanted to encourage others who were hiding with him. Now that we have all this information about the psalm in proper context, we're ready to see what David had to say when writing this psalm. The hope of those who trust in God. Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This psalm was written while King David hid for his life. Now reflect on yourself for a minute or two. What are you hiding from? Who or what seeks after your life? You might think, well, I don't really have anybody seeking my life. But remember what Paul said, our enemy is not of this world, it's of the spiritual realm. And whether we see this enemy or not, he seeks to destroy you and me. So how are we handling that? Whenever God has me teach a Bible study, he allows me to be tested. That typically happens with any time you serve in ministry. Sometimes that spiritual testing hits me physically, I get sick or depressed. Sometimes it hits my family, and we tend to have more arguments, or financial woes, or my son has issues. Or sometimes God allows the attack to happen on me and my job. And it never fails, though. Something always happens. This time, as I wrote Lesson 1 of this Bible study, our family was hit with a tragedy. Our precious little dog, B died. Now, I know the loss of a pet isn't equal to the loss of a person. I understand that. But this particular death had horrific circumstances. She didn't die of old age, 
and she wasn't put down peacefully. She died in a horrible, traumatic way, right in front of me. And as I was in the midst of this traumatic event, I cried out to God, why? Expecting this booming voice to answer me. But now, you know, a year later, I understand why this happened. My husband and I had discussed what had happened to Job. God allows his servants to be tested in various ways and disciplined. Now, I had stepped up to teach a Bible study and to friends and family at church and and at work. So, obviously, Satan had asked to attack me, just like he had asked to attack Job, and how he asked to attack you. And God granted this request because he knew I wouldn't curse him and I wouldn't sin during this event. And blessedly, I did not. I cried out to God not to allow my little dog to die. I cried out, why? Why are you taking her in this horrific way? I mean, she brought us so much joy and happiness. I just don't understand. And for just a tiny little bit, for one second, I felt abandoned. But then that went away and I realized God is with me and he's allowing this to happen and I have to trust in him, no matter how heartbreaking it was to watch my little dog die. Later that night, my husband and my son comforted me, and I realized that God was indeed testing me for his good purpose, and all things happened to glorify him. So this particular lesson of Psalm 34 pretty much answered my why God questions as I screamed out on that fateful day. Why did this happen? To test me, that I might be found worthy of teaching his word. King David wrote, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Now let's analyze these first two verses. What will I do? I will bless the Lord at all times. Whom will I bless? The Lord. When will I bless him? At all times. How often will praise be in my mouth? Continually. And in what shall my soul make its boast? In the Lord. King David hid in a dark, damp, scary cave with his family. His life was in grave danger. King Saul was after him. But how did David respond? That's what we need to look at. He lifted up his eyes to God and said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. So when should we magnify and exalt the name of the Lord? Always. We read in Ephesians 5 and 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always. That's a hard lesson though, isn't it? That's a hard lesson learned. I have suffered great loss. My sister died from cancer. And then five months later, I lost my mother. And so soon after my sister's death that the pain was excruciating and I could barely speak to God, I would sit at my desk with the Bible open in front of me, desperately searching for words to say to him, but I had no words. So I sat there and just confessed to God that I had nothing to say. And I felt that reading his words back to him would suffice because his word is perfect. So I read Psalm 34 over and over to him. And it really did calm my soul. Years ago, like 20 years ago, when I was in prison ministry, I was always amazed with the ladies who would attend our Bible studies. They had so much faith. They were in the prison because of 
really bad mistakes that they had made in life. And they didn't, weren't shy about it. They would tell you. I never met one inmate who said she was innocent. They all told me about the crimes they had committed. But they wanted to come learn about God's word. They wanted to learn more about God. Their attitudes really humbled me and made me realize that even in such self-caused circumstances, God equips us to worship Him. We cannot do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. What about you? How have you been able to worship God in the midst of terrible life circumstances? King David wrote, I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. That's how faithful God is. That's our message of hope in this psalm. That's all we need. Our God is not far off. He's not one of those gods who's way far off and it seems impossible to you know, attain presence with him. No, our God is near to us. He's near to all of us. He hears us. Isn't that amazing? The God of the universe hears us when we cry out to him, when we sing to him and worship. We read that in Psalm 9 and in Matthew 7 and in Luke 11. In verse 5, David wrote, They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. After suffering such traumatic loss, flashbacks began to haunt me, and I prayed and prayed to be able to sleep. The flashbacks came like waves over me as soon as I closed my eyes, and I was greatly afraid to go to sleep. But God heard my prayers and delivered me from my fears, and I have been able to sleep peacefully and have normal dreams again, no nightmares, no flashbacks. I sought the Lord, and He heard me. God is so good. He will hear you too. King David and his family looked to God, and their faces were radiant. Have you ever witnessed such a thing? Have you ever noticed people who have just worshipped God, and it showed on their faces and in their eyes? Radiance reflects God's joy revealed in His presence. God's withdrawal from our lives gives us a sense of darkness and shame. I know, I have experienced this when I walked away from God and got into sexual sin for many years. That's why I call this podcast Broken Vessels Mended by God. Those were hard lessons that I had to learn. Sometimes pruning can be very painful and ugly. I remember recently landscapers in our area pruned back all the beautiful sage and oleander bushes. They had been blooming in purple flowers and pink flowers, and as a result, the walking area around our home looked very ugly and barren. It was colorless with these little stumps laying around that used to be green, beautiful flowering bushes. But then I was reminded how we are pruned, and that's necessary. We have to prune back our beautiful bougainvillea bush in our backyard, but we do it because when it grows back, it grows back even more beautiful. So as I walked by the ugly you know, stumps around our neighborhood, I was reminded of the purpose of pruning, to encourage new growth. It's the same with pruning by God, and David understood this. David knew God was pruning him to encourage him and cause new growth. Jesus said in John 15, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. 
So sometimes God prunes us, and sometimes he allows us to prune ourselves. Has God ever done this to you or allowed you to prune yourself? David wrote in Psalm 34, 6, This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. So remember the covenant promises of God. Provision, protection, presence. The three Ps. We know from studying the Bible that God keeps his promises. He provided for his people food, shelter, land, and salvation. He protected his people from the enemy and from his own wrath. Finally, God blessed his people with his presence in the tabernacle and then later the temple as Jesus and then in the new Jerusalem to come. What about us? Remember, it's a two-way covenant. Are we faithful to this covenant? Our modern-day marriage ceremony reflects this covenant in that we vow to forsake all others and to honor our spouses. In our covenant with God, through salvation by Jesus, we too promise to forsake all others and honor our God. We serve an active God. We too must be active. David wrote, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. So here David's telling us, trust in the Lord and be blessed. Fear the Lord and have no lack. Seek the Lord and you'll have no lack of any good thing. We see that in Psalm 23, don't we? And then in Psalm 119. And in the New Testament, we see the same thing in 1 Peter 2 and in Hebrews 6. Trust in the Lord and be blessed. King David desired for his people to listen to him because he had learned so much about God. Remember, he was selected as a young man to be the king. And then here he was hiding for his life in a cave. He trusted in the Lord. What about us? What about you? Do you share what you have experienced in your walk with God so that others will learn about him? Why do you do this or why not? I know I share all the time in my Bible studies about what God has done in my life. David wrote in verse 11, Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. David hid in the cave for fear of his life, yet he points the people with him to God. He understood the temptation to curse God when things go wrong. Now, he was in this cave with family members, so I'm sure some of them were grumbling and muttering to themselves about the unfairness of their situation as they sat in this cave day after day after day. How do we know this? Well, let's read the next verse. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. So there we have it. I bet some of them around him were muttering and complaining and wondering what is going on, or maybe some of them even wanted to take up sword and go kill King Saul. But David understood God, and he warns the people, nothing is hidden from our God. We learned that in Psalm 19, remember? So we would be wise to heed David's warnings. When things go wrong, it's tempting to want to do evil 
and to start to speak deceit. But it's always best for us to stop, gather together, and bless the Lord, not to speak evil or deceit. Remember what he said in verse 16, The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. We also learn that in Psalm 37, The righteous will live in abundant peace, but the wicked will be cut off. So what future, which future do you want for yourself and your family? That's right. You want peace for your family. Because remember, the eyes of the Lord are on us and he blesses us with his presence. Never forget that. You might say to me, but Ruth, you don't understand what I'm going through. You have no idea the pain that I'm in. And you are right. I don't know, but God knows. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears. That's what David said and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. So that's the future we all want. So just remember, the creator of the universe hears you and sees you where you are. Life application. So how do we apply all that we have learned so far in Psalm 34? David wrote, evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who trust him shall be condemned. So those two verses sum up everything we need to know about God. If we walk with him and trust in him, he redeems us. God saves us through Christ. If we try and do things our own way and hate those who love Jesus, then our future is very grim. Our future is death. I remember years ago hearing about the tragic loss of the Willis family back in 1994. In one fiery car crash on the highway outside of Milwaukee, these parents lost six children. That's right, they lost six of their nine children in one day. And I can't even imagine that kind of trauma, nor do I want to. Yet this couple did not curse God, nor did they blame God. Instead, when all the um, reporters stood in front of them at, at a hospital news conference as they were leaving, Scott, uh, the Baptist minister, told the reporters that his children were given of the Lord and we understood they weren't ours. He said they were his and we were stewards of those children and so God took them back. It wasn't magic thinking, right? And it wasn't the roll of the dice, it was God's will, he said. Can you imagine being able to say that after going through such loss? We could try and imagine it, but we could only say these things about God after such a traumatic loss by the Holy Spirit. And this couple, this couple was proof that the Lord redeems the soul of his servants. He saves those who have a contrite spirit. We have a faithful God who promises us that he will provide what we need protect us from the enemy, and bless us with his presence. That's what David had learned from observing his God. We can learn this too. We serve the same God that David did. 
test the scriptures, test them for reliability, which means consistency, and for validity, which means logic. And I promise you that God's word will hold up to all scrutiny. We can rely on our God because he is eternal and nothing is hidden from his sight. David wrote, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And like the willis couple who lost their six children in one day, we can bless the Lord at all times, good and horribly, horribly bad. We can do this because God has given us this power. Without him, all we can do is curse God and die. I hope that by studying Psalm 34, you've been encouraged. Encouraged to walk with God no matter what may come in life. My prayer is that this psalm has given you hope. Hope that you need in your life to endure. Share this psalm with others and share what you've learned about this psalm with others to encourage them. Like King David, teach others all that you have learned about your Lord and Savior so that God is blessed by the words of your mouth. Many people around you are hurting and they need to know this type of hope, the kind of hope that will never wane. Eternal hope in the Lord is what we all need. Paul wrote in Romans 5, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. And so until next time, be blessed by this knowledge. Thanks for joining me today to go over Psalm 34. What a beautiful psalm written by David. And I hope now every time you read it, you remember the story, the context behind it, and the hope that's inside of it. Until next time. God bless.